Sometimes those voices try to tell me I'm forgotten Hey, New Life, it's great to be with you today. Let's stand. We're going to worship Jesus and let's get our hands up together.
God, nothing shall be. Nothing shall be impossible. Good morning, New Life. God is good, and we are so glad that you've taken time out of your day to worship him with us. My name is Mandy, and I'm the Kid Life Pastor at New Life. God is doing incredible things in the life of our church. Let's check it out. People are our passion. If it's your first time here, welcome. We would love to get to know you better. One of the best ways to get connected to the life of our church is by filling out our digital connect card. Head to newlifenaz.net and click on connect card. Also, after service, head out to the welcome desk. We've got a free gift just to thank you for joining us today. Another great way to get connected is to join us for our next Connect Lunch directly following the service on Sunday, April 10th. We'd love for you and your family to join us for a free meal, meet some new friends, hear from some of our staff, and learn about how God is making a difference through new life in the Mount Vernon community. And child care will be provided. If you're interested in joining us for our next Connect Lunch, head to newlifenaz.net slash events and click on the Connect Lunch graphic. Or head to the kiosk in the lobby to sign up today. We look forward to seeing you there. Easter is coming up fast, and we are so excited for you to join us. 
On April 17th, we are celebrating Jesus' victory over sin and death through his resurrection with three services, 9, 10, 15, and 11:30. It says in scripture that this is how God demonstrated his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He defeated sin and death so that we could have new life in him. So whether you've attended church a million times in your life or if you are still figuring it out, we want you to know that you are invited. Life can be hard. We all have unique circumstances, difficulties, and worries. And life can be exponentially more difficult if we have to deal with these things alone. That's why life groups are so valuable. These groups are designed to connect you with real people that are living real lives, figuring out what it means to grow as a follower of Jesus. Over the next couple of weeks, we have opportunities for you to get connected. Like Grief Share, this is a group of people that journey together through the pain of loss or Financial Peace University, focusing on how you can find victory in your finances and honor God through the gifts he has given you. Or maybe you're just looking for a group of people to journey through life with. Whatever you're looking for, life groups provide a unique opportunity for you to connect with others. If you're interested in joining a life group, head to newlifenaz.net slash connect or head out to the kiosk in the lobby. In fact, Financial Peace, which is normally $130, has a limited number of scholarships to take this course for free. This is first come, first serve, so make sure you sign up today. New Life is doing good and sharing the hope of new life in the Mount Vernon community, and it's because of you. Thank you for your continued generosity. To give, head to newlifenaz.net and click on the giving link. You can give through our Church Center app, or you can give at the offering boxes in the back of the auditorium as you leave today. Your generosity is connecting people to Jesus and making an eternal difference in our community. If you haven't heard today, Jesus loves you. And we are so glad that you are here. Let's stand and give him praise. Just one word, just one word, you calm the storm that surrounds me, just one word, the darkness has to retreat, just one touch, I feel the presence of heaven. Just one touch, my eyes were open to see, my heart can't help but believe. There's nothing that a God can't do, there's not a mountain that he can't move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way, there's nothing that our God can't do. Just one word. Broken inside me. Just one word, and you revive every dream. 
oh my God will never fail I'm gonna see a victory
Jesus, today we are just so thankful for the price that you paid on the cross and that we can receive that victory, your victory over sin and death in our lives and that, God, you just don't ask anything supernatural from us because you've already done it. Uh, You have already done the work that needed to be done on the cross for our sins. And Jesus, in that we find freedom and we find freedom to just respond obediently to you because that's really what you want. As you've given your life for us, that's what you want from us. You just want us. Nothing more and nothing less than that. So Jesus, as we hear your word today, we already know that you're in this place. We already know that you're doing something here, that you're already speaking to us. But Jesus, that the posture of our hearts is that of openness and obedience to you. That as you speak to us, we can respond and we can say yes to you so that you can do what you want in this place and in our lives. Jesus, we love you today. Amen. You guys may be seated. Well, good morning. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to um, 2 Kings chapter 3, and we will get to that in a minute. 2 Kings chapter 3, and if you don't have your Bibles with you or not sure where it's at, we'll show it up here on the screen. We're going to work down through some of that. Uh, over the coming moments here. We are in week two. You remember who we talked about last Sunday? It was that good, yes. Elisha. Okay, we are in week number two of talking about Elisha. Last week, if you were here, you'll remember we talked about burning the plows. In other words, Uh, leaving behind anything and everything that would remotely keep us from following God with 100% of who we are. Today we're going to talk about digging ditches. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever thought, what if? What if? if? If only I had this or if only I had that, it would make life so much easier, it would make life so much better, it would, I, I would be so much happier if I had, and you fill in the blank, right? We've, you know, I've thought that, we've all thought that, right? <clears throat> um, if only I had a better job, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not saying that, that's just, <laughs> many of you have probably said that. Um, Here's a fun fact for you. Um, A new study from the University of Houston joins a growing body of research findings that job satisfaction has a lot more to do with the people that you work with rather than it does the actual job that you do. I'm I'm blessed to to be able to work with some phenomenal people. I love my job. Or uh, if only God... If only God would answer this prayer. And, And typically what we mean by that is... If only God would answer this prayer the way I want him to answer this prayer, right? But the reality is sometimes he doesn't answer my prayer the way that I want him to. And, and sometimes that may happen in your life. And so you're like, well, you know, why pray at all? And, and, 
And the answer to that question is in the final analysis that prayer is not about results. Prayer is about relationship. Um, our God wants us to connect with him, to, to wrestle with him as Jacob wrestled with him in order that we might know him and trust him and remember him in all of his ways and we know that we're serving a good God. Some of us, if only I had more money or if only I had more hair, right? You know, a lady, a lady might say, if only I had a husband. The next lady might say, if only I had a husband that looked like Tom Cruise. We were watching a little bit of Top Gun the other day. I forgot how dorky he is in that movie. I'll just, I'll just say. But I don't think Krista thinks he's real dorky. But <clears throat> um, If only my cap would stay on my tooth. Me and Krista, we were out on a hot date, a lunch date the other day. I don't know, Wednesday, Thursday. We were at a Taco Bell drive-thru. True story. I'm chalking that one up. And I'm eating my ch cheesy, crunchy gordilla thing, however you say it. And I bite into a tooth. And I'm like, okay. Hopefully that's not my tooth because I'm getting a free taco out of this. But it was. It was a, um, a, a cap back on the very bottom, far back left, which is called your what? Your molar. Yeah, all my wisdom teeth are out. Um, and so I go, they put on a temporary cap until they can get the permanent one in place. So I have just, I think it was Friday, I had my temporary cap on and all of that, and, and I'm eating brownies with nuts in it. And Krista never makes brownies with nuts in it. She doesn't like nuts. But she made this batch with nuts because she didn't want to be tempted by these brownies just sitting out there. So, of course, I'm eating the brownies with nuts with a temporary cap. And, of course, it comes off again. Well, I got some good guidance. They, they said all you got to do is take that cap and put some toothpaste in it and stick it back on. So this morning, if all goes well, my cap is in. It's being held there by Crest toothpaste. Um, you know, if only my, in fact, you'll, you'll think this is really weird probably. I felt, I felt a lot, you know, when I was in the bathroom kind of doing all this stuff and the surgical toothpaste and all this stuff. And I felt a little bit like Rambo, you know, kind of stitching himself up. And, and I even got a picture. Show them the picture. You'll want to see the picture. This is me. So hopefully all will go well this morning. If only I had good teeth. Oh, by the way, my niece Carly is here. Carly, raise your hands. Her dad is a pastor down in Independence, Kentucky. Yeah. And my friend Corbin, and they both have all their teeth. Good to have you. Um, you know, I don't know what your if only might be, but... Throughout life, we recognize that we have we, these needs, we have these things we want, and, and we're like, man, if only I had this, if only I had that, life would be so much better. Well, today we're going to see that there were three kings who joined forces 
together to do battle against the Moabites, three against one. And they thought, wow, this will be easy. We'll, we'll have a decisive victory here. But as often happens in life, things don't always go the way that we think they should go. You know, you think you've got it figured out. You think, okay, three kings against the Moabites. We're gonna, this is going to be a piece of cake. We're going to go home, have a good piece of bologna sandwich. And, but things didn't turn out that way, and, and that's what happens with these three kings. Instead of winning easily... Uh, they find themselves and their troops wandering around, marching around in the desert for like seven days. And at this point, they're, they're totally out of water, okay? They're about to die of thirst. Their animals are about to die of thirst. They have a significant need. You know, in that moment, I'm sure they're going, man, if only we had water right now life would be so much better but one of the big overarching principles that this story is going to teach us this morning is this your greatest need becomes a blessing when it drives you to depend on God your greatest need becomes a blessing when it drives you to depend on God so let's start second kings chapter 3 we're going to look start with verse 9 so the king of Israel set out with the king of Judah and the king of Edom. After a roundabout march of seven days, the army had no more water for themselves or for the animals with them. Verse 10. What? exclaimed the king of Israel. Has the Lord called us three kings together only to deliver us into the hands of Moab? But Jehoshaphat asked, is there no prophet of the Lord here through whom we may inquire of the Lord? And an officer of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, son of Shaphat, is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. Verse 12, Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Now stop there. We're, we're going to read more. Keep your Bibles open to this. I, I, I want you to make sure you understand what's going on here. So these three kings are going against the Moabites in battle. They're going to win this thing hands down, right? That's the same thing we thought about Kentucky playing that other team in the beginning of March Madness. <clears throat> um, they're out of water. They're, they're literally dying of thirst, them and their animals. Now, what do we know about these three kings? At this point, they're not serving God. They're not worshiping God, okay? And suddenly when they're in trouble, they do what we sometimes do when we're not following God in our life and we find ourselves in trouble. Who do we run to? You know, God, will you help me if you'll just get me out of this? Well, you know, whatever, whatever. And this is what they're doing. And so the, the three kings are going, do we have anybody in our company that's in really good with God? And, the, and somebody speaks up, says, oh, yeah, there's this guy, Elisha the prophet, maybe he can help us out. You know, I, I'm guessing uh, that some folks had heard about some of the miracles that the prophet Elijah was involved in, even up to this point. You know, he had already separated the Jordan. Uh, another time, there was this polluted spring of water, kind of like if you drank it, you die water, right? It was polluted some way, somehow, and so Elijah literally heals the water, and they're able to drink from it. 
Uh, another time, there, there was these boys who were making fun of Elijah. Apparently, Elijah didn't have a lot of hair. And, and true story in the Bible, these boys were making fun of him, going baldy, 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 you know, and on and on. Elijah loses his cool. He summons some bears out of the woods. The bears maul the boys. It's a true story. I have no idea what the significance of that is, spiritually speaking, but I love that story. <laughs> yeah, I, I discovered I started losing my hair when it just took longer and longer to wash my face. It just kept going up and up. Well, and, and so these kings are like, okay, Elisha, can you help us out? Now, what do you think he's going to do? I mean, this is a moment for him to just really shine as a prophet of God, right? Uh, but let me tell you what he does. He cops an attitude. He cops an attitude. He's like, okay, I get it. You want to ignore God. Now you're in trouble. And so now you want God to help. And he cops this attitude. And here's what he says. Let's read on in verses 13 and 14. Elisha said to the king of Israel, why do you want to involve me? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. See, right now, Elisha, what's he, he's getting snarky right? Go to the places you've gone up till now to get your help. No, the king of Israel answered, because it was the Lord who called us three kings together to deliver us into the hands of Moab. Verse 14, Elisha said, as surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, if I did not have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not pay any attention to you losers. Now, one of these days, I'm going to write a trans, Troy's translation of the Bible, and, and that's how it's going to say it. I, I would not pay any, any attention to you losers, you know. So, he, he's saying to the two kings, okay, Jehoshaphat is not serving God at this point either, but at one time, he did fear the Lord. And if it weren't for Jehoshaphat, Elisha's saying, I wouldn't pay any attention to you guys either. That's what I think about you. But because Jehoshaphat is here and I respect him, I'm going to help you guys out. You need a prophet. I'm your guy. Okay, verse 15. But now bring me a harpist. While the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came on Elisha, and he said, This is what the Lord says, I will fill this valley with pools of water. Now, now I want to read those two same verses in the King James Version. Check out what it says. But now bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of what? Of ditches. What in the world are you talking about, Elisha? Make this valley full of ditches. You know, we... We thought that when we came to you and you went to God, God was just going to make it rain and we were going to take our shoes off and we were going to dance through the puddles and the ponds and singing in the rain and all of that. But you're telling me, you're telling us kings that when our troops are about to die of thirst, when our animals are about to die of thirst, you're wanting us to put them in manual labor, digging ditches under the hot desert sun in this dry valley. You're wanting them to do that. And and Elijah said, yeah, that's, that's what needs to happen. They need to dig some ditches. But, but there's no rain anywhere. You know, we're, the, the kings, you know, we're in a severe drought. Why do we need ditches? And 
the point being that Elisha wanted them to dig some ditches, and which is going to point to the fact that sometimes our greatest need becomes our greatest blessing because it drives us to our knees. It drives us to God. Look at verses 17 and 18. For this is what the Lord says, you will see neither wind nor rain, yet this valley will be filled with water and you, your cattle and your other animals will drink. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. He will also, I love that line, this is an easy thing, this is a no-brainer, this is, this is nothing, right? I mean, I love that. He will also deliver Moab into your hands. In other words, you have no idea how powerful, how strong, how mighty our God is. At the snap of a finger, God can do this. He says this is an easy thing for God to do. And oh, by the way, you know that thing that you wanted? He's going to do that as well. You're going to have the victory. You're going to win this battle. He'll deliver Moab into your hands. But first, I need you to dig some ditches. So that's the context of the story. The question then is how does this story apply to my life, to your life, 2022 in Mount Vernon, Ohio right now? I, I want to look at two principles. They're just very simple. The first principle is simply this. Only God can send the water, but sometimes he wants you to dig a ditch. Okay? Only God can send the water, but sometimes he wants us to dig a ditch. James 2.26 says this, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without what? Deeds or works is dead. Uh, sometimes God wants to see our faith. He, he wants us to dig a ditch. You know, do you really think the God that created everything needed these guys out in this valley to dig ditches? I mean, it's the same God that scooped out the, the place for the, the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean and the ponds and the streams and the river. Do you really think he needed these guys out there with shovels? No. But it's, it's kind of like God was saying, you show me your faith. And I'll show you my faithfulness. God loves to see our faith. You know, without demonstrating faith and trust in God, we have no place with him. We believe in God's existence by what? By faith. How do you see faith? You, you see faith in action. You know, think of Peter out on the boat with the other disciples. And remember, uh, Jesus was walking on the water and Peter says, hey, Jesus, if that's you, invite me to come out. And Jesus says, come. And here's Peter stepping out of the boat. That's when you see Peter's faith. You don't see any faith from the other guys, the other disciples, standing up there, sitting up there on the boat, watching all of this happen. Where you see faith is when Peter steps out of the boat. And I believe there are times when God wants us to participate in his miracles. They're still his miracles, right? But he, he, he wants us to have a part. There was a guy in the New Testament with a withered hand. And, and what is it that Jesus says to him? Jesus says, stretch out your hand. And, 
In other words, I can heal you, but I want to see that you believe it. You know, because what could have Jesus done? Jesus could have just said, you're healed, go. No, he said, stretch out your hand. No, I'm going to heal you. I, I want to see your faith in action. Um, there was another guy in the Bible. He couldn't walk. Uh, Jesus looks at him and says, get up, pick up your bed and walk. I'm going to heal you. But I'm not picking you up. You know, I'm not, I'm not doing all the work for you. I, I want to see your faith. I want to see that you believe in me and what I'm saying. Um, in other words, back to the thought that only, only God can send the rain, but sometimes he wants us to dig a ditch. Uh, there was a guy, um, he was blind from birth. Jesus grabs some mud and spits in the mud and rubs it together, puts it on his eyes. But then that guy has a part to do. That guy has a ditch to dig, right? Jesus said, go to the pool, wash out your eyes. In other words, I'm, I'm going to do my part, Jesus says, but I want you to do your part as well. You show me your faith and I'll show you my faithfulness. Hebrews 11.6 says, and without faith it is what? impossible to please God you know I wonder and I've, I'm sure I've been guilty of this I wonder if there's been times in my life where I've been wanting to see God's faithfulness at work and yet I've not been showing him my faith you know you want some relationship to be healed right that's gone bad you may need to forgive before they even ask for forgiveness. That's digging a ditch, right? Um, you may need to treat somebody with love even when they're being ugly to you. That's our part of digging a ditch. Uh, you might say, I want my kids to serve Jesus, and yet you're not bringing them to kid life or to teen life or to whatever. Um, if you want some water, dig a ditch. Be a parent who sets the example. Do, you, do, you, do your children know without a shadow of a doubt that your relationship with God is the absolute most important thing in your life? People will say, I want to have my needs met. And yet they don't tithe. God gives us a very powerful biblical principle that if we give him our first, if we give him our best, he will bless the rest when you tithe, you're doing what? Yeah, you're digging a ditch. Simply put, honor God first and he will take care of you, period. That's his promise. All right, um, let me just mention, we're going to do some more singing here in a minute, but let me just mention briefly a second principle, and here it is. We're not going to go deep into this one, but real faith believes big but is willing to start small. Real faith believes big, but is willing to start small. Now, there's a balance here. You know, I, I don't think some Christians think big enough, right? Uh, Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. In other words, to him who would just blow your mind, right? According to his power, 
that is at work within us. I mean, he can do it. He can do more than we can even imagine. We, we serve a great big God. We need to think big. The other side of that is this. We need to be willing to start small. You know, think about it this way. How, how do these guys dig a ditch in the ninth century? Right? They grab a shovel and just one shovel full at a time, you know, they're starting small and they, they're digging that ditch. You start small. Luke 16, 10 says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And so we, we start small. Um, I think it was last week I talked about this, that we often tend to think that leadership is created in the midst of big crises in life. Leadership is revealed in the big crises, but leadership is created in the small everyday steps and decisions and choices and right we start small you may have a big vision of what you want to do for God and that that's good you know if 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 your vision for what you want to do for God doesn't just absolutely scare you to death and it's an insult to him you know because you're kind of putting him in this box of what you think he can do so th there's that side of it a big dream is good but, but the question is, where are you going to start? You, you start small. You, you're going to be faithful with what God has given you. You know, I, I want us to think big, but I want us to be willing to start small and be faithful in the little things. And God loves it when we participate in his miracles and he can see our faith because without works, without showing our faith, through works and deeds, it, our faith is as good as dead. Now, now, works and deeds don't get you to heaven. Don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching that. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying. But I believe that works are a true, uh, uh, works are a result of true holiness living. Faith without works is dead. Second Kings, okay, let's read on chapter 3, verse 20. The next morning, about the time for offering the sacrifice, there it was, water flowing from the direction of Edom, and the land was filled with water. Only God can send the rain, but sometimes he wants us to dig a ditch. You know, some of you may have a significant need in your life right now, and you're, you're thinking, man, if only God would, and you, you know, you fill in the blank, whatever that is. Um, the overarching thought is that we really need to be thankful for that need. Because when that need drives us to God, it becomes our greatest blessing. Now, I realize that um, there are some folks here who you may have needs in your life, and some of them may just be little insignificant things or just kind of small nuances or whatever, and you're like, man, if this life would be great. And, and then I realize that others of you have these huge life-altering things going on that you're going, man, if God would... 
right? It is, is God calling you to dig a ditch? I, I don't know what that means for you. I don't know what that means for that need in your life. But is God saying, Troy, you show me your faith and I'll show you my faithfulness. Troy, you dig the ditch. I'll send the rain. But I'm not sending the rain until you have enough faith to dig the ditch. Maybe there's some folks this morning that need to dig a ditch. I want to pray for you, as I always do. But is there anyone here that go, you know, Troy, the Spirit's speaking to me, and, and whether it's something small and seemingly insignificant or something that's life-altering, I'm resonating with what you're saying this morning. Could, could I see who I'm praying for? Would you just hold your hand up real high? Amen. 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 Awesome. Maybe God's calling me to dig a ditch. Anyone else? Amen. Awesome. Anyone else? Lord, you see these folks who have raised their hands. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's something big. I don't know if it's something small. I don't know if it's something that would seem insignificant to the rest of us or it would be life-altering for that individual. I don't, I don't know. But God, I... I pray that you would help us to be willing to dig the ditch and then to trust you, to show you our faith and then to watch for your faithfulness. Lord, you have a work to do in the lives of these folks. Would you do it? Would you help us to dig the ditch so that you can send the rain you can meet the need. You can send the blessings. Lord, we thank you for the story of Elisha. We thank you for his faith. We thank you for his example. Now, Father, just help us this morning as we follow that. In Jesus' name. We're just going to close. I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to close singing about the goodness of God. And, of, of course, the altars are always open. If anybody wants to come pray, man, we'd love to have you come pray. But let's just worship him this morning.
Let's just sing this out again together, just our voices. All my life you have been faithful. today know how good your Savior is, how much He loves you, so that He can work and do something incredible in your life that can make a difference, not only in your life and your family, but every single person that you interact with, so that they can see that love, and they can just be drawn to the incredible goodness of our Savior. Have a great week. We'll see you guys next week.